It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You're listening to Music City Gold. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle. With me, as always, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. So, boys, this episode has been aptly titled Team No Sleep for two reasons. First, I didn't get much sleep last night. Work kept me up, and I didn't get to bed until about 4 o'clock this morning. Oh, my God, Kyle. <laughs> 4 a.m. Wow. Some things you just can't do in the middle of the day, especially when it's with people's email stuff. That's IT schedule right yeah. there. <laughs> IT yeah, schedules, change controls, it all sucks. But the main reason why I've named this episode Team No Sleep is because of the insane amount of overtimes the first round of the playoffs has had, which has wrecked havoc on the NHL schedules, pushing some games to even be rescheduled because the overtimes have went for so long. Bro, oh, yes, it's been incredible. It's been still more 12 hours of hockey. You know, turn on at lunchtime, and it's still playing in the background as I'm going to sleep, baby. Yeah, the the first game of the playoffs, I just want to point out, was five OTs, almost six. Oh. Almost six. We we got to just, let's, let's just talk about this game for a second, because I just want to point out, in a lost, Corpusalo had <laughs> 85 saves. <laughs> checks, checks that sheet. 85 saves. Are you kidding me? This game was nuts. First of all, it started while I was at work. I still had to work an hour and a half, okay? I worked, came home, ate dinner, went to the gym, okay? Still did other errands. Came back home, and this game was still going on at 8.30 at night. And I ended up watching the end of this game six hours later. Unreal. Absolutely the best way to start off the playoffs. I couldn't believe the first game, the of, the first game of the playoffs. I think it was five OT. I think it's now the fourth longest game in history. I think it was. Man, what an incredible way to open up the playoffs. And at least I was like, man, it's got to suck. Watch the winner. These guys are so wild. Watch the winning goal be like a really weak sauce. No. But actually it was a good goal. So you can at least rest a little easier knowing that you didn't lose on a on like a week uh I mean Corpusala was locked in the yeah. entire time. It, like it was gonna have to be like a solid goal to to get past him. I, it was just funny. It was like everything started to slow down for him. I, I mean, honestly though, it was funny because I picked Columbus to upset the jackets in the series and when this happened and a crushing five ot i was said this is it like that night i think i put in our chat sorry boys like we had all wanted columbus to move on but it just wasn't happening that that was a like will breaking game a five ot game i mean unreal but a major boost for the lightning too moving forward so well it must have really been a confidence booster because we had a bunch of other games go into overtime as well because it seems like all the teams caught the overtime bug because when I was researching the notes for this game today, I saw that eight games, and that's including the Tampa Bay game at the very beginning, have went into OT since the first round started. And that's given us a total of 13 extra periods of hockey, which equals four games in one extra period. And the only two series that have not went into overtime in the first round is the current Philadelphia-Montreal series and the now-finished Colorado-Arizona series. And I'm just like, guys, this is crazy. If we're already getting this much overtime, I cannot wait to see how much overtime is gathered in the second round. But the one thing I've always was curious about during all this was, did the NHL actually expect these many games to go into overtime? Because it's threw their entire logistics off. Like you've got teams that are getting pushed back a day or even maybe two days in some cases. And you got, I thought was hilarious was the sign crew that was having a field day with that first Tampa Bay Blue Jackets game of all the stuff they were putting on there, like playing songs, talking about how this game's taking forever and we'll be here all night long, to even the Carolina Hurricanes, like throwing a fit on their Twitter for fun about how long this has taken and their game even being rescheduled. Yeah, it, it was funny to watch all the festivities basically go down these first couple of days because it felt like every game was going to OT. It felt like every game had some sort of late drama. Like basically, I don't know how many empty net goals there were this year 
like in the last minute. It's been amazing. So there's been so many OT games, extra hockey. It's been incredible. I think at least maybe six games somebody scored in the last 30 seconds or 60 seconds to bring it to a tie game to force OT. It's it's been incredible brand of hockey put on the ice lately. With everything that's went on this season, this is just a great way to bring the sport back. And with it being one of two sports besides basketball, it's actively playing and not really having a lot of issues with stuff. I feel like it's also bringing a lot of new fans into that probably have never watched hockey for the first time. Yeah, I, I think the NHL, and I've, I've said this before in our previous episodes, has done an incredible job with restructuring this. And as far as the bubble uh, format is concerned, it's been pretty incredible. Um, uh, the, the TV has been great to watch. I mean, like all the angles have been great. I can't wait for them to continually improve upon those as we get further in the playoffs and, you know, ramp up all the the antics that come along with every layer of the playoffs but honestly the formatting has been overall fairly consistent and i've i've loved it so far the one downside though that i will have to say is the playoff seating for the second round is quite interesting and we can talk about that for a second yeah it really threw off my bracket because when we left our last episode we had everything set to go you know if you listen to it we did all of our brackets Got down there, started putting my bracket into the computer, and all of a sudden it goes, I'm sorry, you can't put Calgary in this spot. And I thought it was a mistake and actually backed up and tried again and realized, no, Calgary could not go where I had placed it. Yeah, basically for everyone who is unaware, and of course we weren't doing it live in the bracket, of course, for our last episode, is after we left here, we realized that everything was reseeded after the first round. So basically your higher seed stayed on top and faced the lower seed. So this basically messed up my dream scenario of having the Golden Knights play (laughs) the Avalanche in the second round, which more than likely they're on a collision course for the conference finals. So it still could happen. But at the same time, it did throw off kind of the logistics behind of everything. And I was I I got really busy that day. And of course, when I go to sit down, I didn't have time to think about it. So I just submitted it and went on. So it was a little frustrating for me as far as the actual reseeding. And I don't know if they did it on purpose to try to get those higher quality matchups in the conference finals, which that's kind of what it seems like to me, because if you're pairing your good teams and then they're going to get basically paired against the lower seeding team. I don't know. I mean, that could work out for some of these lower seeded teams because some of them are hot, which we'll talk about some of the hot ones here in a minute. So it's going to be very interesting moving forward. I think the second round will be the most interesting round as far as uh, uh, the formatting changes because it, it's going to create some matchups that we weren't looking at potentially ahead of time. So I guess I'll speak towards that seeding aspect. I seem to be the only person that has a really big opinion about it and I'm kind of known to have big opinions so it's not really surprising. So the traditional way is the seeding, it goes the first round of the playoffs and then it's done. So then you take your, uh, you know, the top left of the bracket stays the top left and this year, they're extending the reseeding to the second round, which we've never seen before. That's why it was thrown off. So they will reseed, and that gives an additional advantage. I, I, for, first of all, I dislike this uh, restructure a lot because I feel like it gives that team too much of an advantage uh, to go deeper in the playoffs. So it, it unduly favors the high-ranked one seeds to help ensure that they have the easiest matchup, even going through the second round. And well, the counter argument is, well, that's the purpose of seeding is, but you know, they've earned that spot. Well, sure. But throughout the whole history, that only means the first round. It doesn't mean that you get an additional advantage going through the playoffs. It's just initial seeding to the playoffs. So not only does that ensure that the best team has a favorable matchup to their liking, the easiest matchup, that means to me, it kind of shows me that they're pushing for the quality matchups to go towards the finals like Daniel was saying and that's fine that pushes a nice quality brand of hockey it ensures that those huge juggernaut matchups happen later though and I don't really like that because we're used to seeing those classic juggernaut matchups in the second round and that's one of the things that I think makes hockey so great Uh, to me you don't need to push those major matchups to the Stanley Cup finals because that makes the rest of the tournament what's like a two-month process that weakens the rest of of the entire experience and for me i'd rather have two months of great hockey featuring quality matchups the entire way through as opposed to just one 
great matchup at the end because the this, the finals is already going to be hyped. So I don't I don't need more to ensure that the finals is 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 going to be hyped. I want those matchups early on. It, it it creates those huge rivalries. That's just what I'm a fan of. So so really, not only is it different, but I find that it diminishes the overall playoffs as far as matchups overall anyway. And that's a good take to have, Matt. I'm kind of on the opposite end, though. I would prefer to have those juggernaut matches in the finals because, to me, if you get a thing like where Washington and Pittsburgh have always routinely met in the second round, and you know for a fact that each one of those teams deserves to make it to a conference final, the second round is good for, yeah, let's have them play one or two times the second round, but eventually you're kind of like, man, I feel like I'm just wasting the second round. I want that to be in the conference final. So I can see it either way. And this season, you know, Yes, the reseeding's kind of throwing everybody off. It's a good also, it's a good time to try this format, though. Yeah, and one thing we'll go over later uh, with the people that have already advanced, too, I'm going to actually show you what some of the potential matchups are because, I mean, obviously they can go still either way. We still have a couple teams that haven't punched their ticket yet. And there is some potential for some really big matchups in the second round on the Eastern side in particular. The Western side, not so much, especially considering that um, the one and two seeds dominated and moved on. So you're basically going to have a one and a two on the top and bottom half of your of your racket. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll d- dig a little deeper into that here in just a minute. And Daniel, that is a good time to start talking about the games, actually. And Matt, why do you have $5 on the table? Oh, well, you know me, Kyle. I got to put some money on the line. I got to put money where my mouth is. And uh, it's always a bit of a rivalry between me and you's bracket to see who gets the money. <laughs> And uh, what's our record right now, Kyle? Well, I think I'm currently beating you. Let's see here. Yep. 26 points to 23 points. Tight race. But Matt's kick butt bracket has more total possible points right now. Uh, I'd like to point out. But Kyle steal your money (laughs) bracket is still in the lead. So (laughs) I thought you'd enjoy that name. Once again. Well, there's still a lot of hockey left. The first round's not quite over yet. But like I said... What's funny is that my wife, who, you know, likes hockey, but doesn't study it like us, she is currently beating the three of us. And that just makes me furious. Once again, just give it, give it some time. Uh, give it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's on the something by just picking jersey colors. By, by this point last year, I, I, I basically was done. Like my bracket yeah. was completely done. So it's already better for me this year, actually, than last year's bracket. Last year, I mean, I got like 20-something points total. Like, literally, I think I've surpassed my points from last year already. It was terrible. So I, I got to go anywhere from up but here. Okay, now let's get into the actual game. So we're going to start with the West, and we're going to start with Vegas versus Chicago because that was honestly a series that we all both, I think all three of us picked Vegas, right? Yes, in five. I think I all, called five. We all yep. said five. <laughs> and it was in five. We knew that, you know, Chicago was the first team out, and we all, I said that that was what's going to happen. That was the easiest series, and Chicago was going to be the first one out. And by George, what do you know? They had that insider, though. It was Leonard, you know. Yeah, that's oh, goal. He was <laughs> hilarious comment for each game. He's coming up on uh, unrestricted free agent, I think. I think he's about to get paid. Oh, yeah. Dude, Vegas is going to keep him. Let me tell you, though. Vegas has my favorite one-two combo in goal right now. As far as if you have to, now, I'm gonna say there's other goaltenders that are hotter than Leonard right now, but you have Leonard and Flurry. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and they already have a pretty stellar defensive core to begin with. So uh, Vegas looking pretty good, and they 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 pretty much handily won. I I I will say that I was surprised that the the Hawks did put up a better fight than I initially anticipated. But, I mean, Vegas was just too good and overpowered it. Um, the DeBrinket line was really nice with, with Kane. Taze always shows up, like, in the playoffs. He, he's still a monster, but at the same time, like, their depth just isn't there. But, looking up, I mean, Chicago was really young, so good for them. They got a lot of extra playoff experience against a great team, and that's a very young team. So, here in a couple of years, uh, I would definitely be on the lookout for that team. But, it, it basically went as we all thought it was going to in the series. So, Yeah, I guess the good news is those people who are favoring Vegas, you know, Vegas was a one seed. So it, unlike what you're going to see in some of these other series, Vegas is performing at the level we expected them to. And that's good to see if you have them uh, picked to go deep in your bracket. So uh, much of the same from Vegas, uh, Golden Knights there. So that's, that's good. They're looking good going to the next round. And statistically, they are the best team in the playoffs right now. And that being said, 
you look down to the team who is statistically best in second place, which is Colorado. And Matt, uh, I know you love the Coyotes, but you and you have to admit that they just could not handle the Avs. Bro, they, they got home. they got their oh. butt handed to them. The last two games, I think they lost seven to one or one to seven. It was one to seven. Both and, games. Uh, they scored fourteen goals in two games. That was so rough. actually goals for and goals against the Avs are in the lead. They've scored like thirty something goals, and they've only been scored on like thirteen times. It's incredible. So really, the, the takeaway is: is Colorado that good, or is Arizona that bad? I think it's a mix of both. Yeah, but you also got to say, hey, they were up against a Blackhawks team who we thought was that bad too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, to me, I, <laughs> so, I won't, I'm not going to discredit Arizona. I think they did okay. Yeah, it was like, yeah, they didn't play their style of hockey and they got pushed around a little bit. But guess what? You're playing the Colorado Avalanche. What did you expect was going to happen? Kemper was also really hot, I might add. Yeah. He did, he did fine. I thought the Coyotes did okay. They were just up against a better team. And when you're up against a better team, they know how to exploit your weaknesses. Did the I, McKinnon line was on fire the whole time. Did I not tell you that speed was going to just destroy them? Because I didn't think they were built fast enough to be able to keep up with them. That McKinnon line literally ran over them. Yeah. I, 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 like The speed is unreal. Their power play, it, 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 as I said before, it like dissects you. Like, you can slowly see them just working that square in tighter, tighter, tighter. And then you have like these incredible snipers out there on, on the ice. Just it, 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 absolutely unreal. Youngster Kel McCarr has been on fire too. I think he's got six points in seven games. Yeah, it's everything's everything is clicking and, right now. And we mentioned how uh, Colorado scored seven goals in back-to-back games. They're actually only the fourth team uh, to score seven or more goals in the last two games of a series in playoffs. And why that's an interesting stat is the timing of those of those games. It shows me they're getting hotter as we're warming up. They're just warming up, baby. It wasn't just the start and then they put them out of their misery and then they kind of coasted on out the series. They kept putting the pedal to the floor and they would not let the uh, let off the gas pedal. I even saw them swapping up some of their positions on their power play and they were still getting effectiveness. I don't know, like if you saw McKinnon was at the point. Like yeah. throwing in tips. They, they and still like, had McKinnon oh on the ice after like six goals and seven goals. They were not putting in like the third string offense or nothing like that. They were on fire and they were not letting up. I, I really like that mentality. That's just me. Some yeah. people are like, no, you need to pull everybody out here, pull yeah. the car around. No, like I, I, they are in full playoff mode and they were even still attempting new combos on their power play even when the game was six to one. Like unreal. To be honest, I... I'm gonna I say this about a couple. I I'm gonna say this about a couple yeah. teams, but Colorado scares me, man. Uh, the only thing that worries me is that if that McKinnon line gets cold, they're done. But if they don't, they're gold. I'm just afraid of injury, honestly. Well, yeah. that, I think that's the biggest point for me is injury because I, I I think they're gonna be hot. They they were hot during the whole season. They're all like they've been consistently good, and now and the rest of the team is catching up to them as far as like they're all clicking at the same time too. Their power play is hot. They're getting good defense. They have. A solid goaltender. It's all clicked and right now. They're young and hungry, which is a theme we'll see. They haven't been to the playoffs a lot, so they're hungry for it. They haven't been there and are tired and and all wore out. None of that. None of that crap. We're hungry for it and we're ready to go. Yeah. If the situation was reversed and the Preds ended up playing Colorado in this round, no, would the Preds have beat Colorado? No, not, no not I, a chance. I literally, I was going to say that too. Like, even if no. They're too fast. We we don't do well against a team like that. We didn't do well in the regular season. Like, no, there's no way. Just sorry. Like, once again, I think that's going back to our whole older team thing, too. Like, this this team is, like, they're firing on all cylinders. I would not have picked the Preds to make it past this round in my bracket. Now, would you have thought that the Stars would be struggling against the Flames? Well, considering I picked the Flames to beat the Stars, and I think almost all of us did, yeah. because the Stars look terrible. Honestly, this series has been so close. I mean, the other day, the 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 Flames were up two to one in the series lead, and they were about to win the game. And there's a tip in with like ten seconds left. It goes to OT, and the Stars happen to pull it out, and that that ties the series at two two. And then, of course, they steal the last game by one one goal. So it's like. Right now, the Stars are just doing what they need to do to get by. Like, they're not really flashy as far as the offense. It, it, it's it's not there, but they're just playing lockdown defense and just trying to get by. I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm surprised that they are still leading the series 3-2 to two right now. But 
We'll it, see. It, it kind of surprises me that I think we all picked Calgary in the series, and it kind of surprises me to see that Dallas is the supposed favorite in the series. Yeah, they are uh, leading three to two, but yet, like you said, it just seems like they just barely squeak it out. Calgary's just such an opportunist. They've scored uh, shorthanded on back-to-back nights. Like they, they're just junkyard dog players. They want it. it I, I think the talent level is, is too high to overcome for uh, for Calgary. So. I really expect Calgary to pull it out in the end. And I would think Calgary would because statistically they're ranked higher than Dallas when it comes to this. You know, we're going to get into this later with other teams on the East with the round robin. But do you think if Dallas had tried better, they would have got a better seed? Or is it a possibility they just didn't care that they were in the playoffs? They just still don't look good to me. I mean, like I said, this series was a three to one series. Three to one. If Pavelski doesn't have a hat trick that night yeah. and tips in a puck with 10 seconds left. That's what I'm trying to say. Like they are, they have gotten very lucky to be in the situation they are in right now. Like, like if, if de- the stars somehow play another, they only need one game of the final two to just play lockdown defense, get one or two goals, just lock it down and win. Like, they only need one game like that to make it to the second round. They are not going, like, they just do not look good right now. They're not firing on it. And, and you got to think, even if they do make it, what is their reward? Colorado or the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. That's who they get next round. Forget it. Like, no, you, they do not look good. And there is one detail I overlooked, and I think we all overlooked when we were talking about these two teams together. On the Stars, you got infamous Corey Perry. And on the Flames, you got Matthew Kachuk. And those two have been going at it in this series. That, to me, is the only redeeming quality of this series is watching two people that are almost universally despised in the hockey world just go at it. Are they made for each other? I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, there, there could not be any two in the league that were not more similar. But then the funny part is you put them on the ice and they hate each other. But they're literally, like, it's a manifestation of... of each other on the ice it's just one's younger one's older and a veteran i mean it's just great to watch it's it's been really fun to watch that uh the antics go down between the two of them but other than that i don't know i'm just ready to get the series over with honestly like i really feel like the flames have missed out big time like they they should have won the series by now. Uh, I'll and, say, yeah. and it's it's going to be like it, they're on the cusp of losing the series too. Like that's the crazy part is they have completely missed out, and it's only going to be on them if 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 this happens. If Calgary ends up losing the series, it's because they shot themselves in the foot. Yes. It's not because Dallas is a better team. No. I don't think. Honestly, like I would wager that the Coyotes or the Blackhawks almost look better than the Stars. Like th- these two teams just aren't playing well right now. That's just is what it is. And they're both about statistically the same. And you have a three to two win lead for the stars series wise. So, I mean, it is what it is. I really hope the flames can come back because uh, I do think they are the better team, but we shall see. Like I said, one game, that's all they need to steal it. Lockdown defense, man. And then when you're talking about one game. You've also got the St. Louis blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. And we, I believe universally picked the Canucks to beat this, to beat the blues. Yeah, I, I always I was saying that I really liked the upstart young talent. And honestly, I feel like the series would have been over, but the refs have been pretty terrible in this series. Like they have been giving the blues the benefit of the doubt on basically everything. Um they're trying to keep them in because I, I felt like this should have been over. O'Reilly's been an absolute monster in this series for uh yeah, look at this. Okay, eight games, four goals, six assists for ten points. Monster numbers right there. Absolutely monster. And then, of course, here's your boy, Petter said, putting up four goals, seven assists for 11 points already. Um, I, I, I just think that Vancouver's too much for them. They're too fast. Uh, I, I think they finish it out in this next, this next game, honestly. I, I really think they do. It's been a fun series to watch, man. Like, the game last night, let me tell you, some of the moves that shorthanded goal. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, is this the this is the one where he breaks a stick? You talking about that broken, one? Broken broken stick. 
that's Peter Angelo stick. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, a great defenseman. What I thought. Hey, well, see, we were off talking about this. I thought right then, as soon as he broke his stick, he should have just ran over and tackled the dude yeah. ahead think, of time. I, if you look, if you watch the replay, I think he might have tried. He slid over real hard as as he was making his way down. So I think he was trying to ram him, but no. it wasn't full committal. So what happened was my man, uh, Tyler Mott, just kind of skated the puck over. Skated and, uh, right. Right around him. Or and, skated left while he skated the puck right yeah. around him and just made him look I think, silly. I think what you need to do in that situation is just, is tackle, just him. Is tackle him. And don't commit. <laughs> don't go hard left or hard right. Just kind of stick on your man right there. So that's unfortunate, but... Like you said, man, it's been a fun series though to watch. Oh, this is my favorite, dude. I, I love the late night Vancouver games. It, a lot of people are actually comparing, apparently, uh, the Canucks to I think it's the 2010 uh, Blackhawks. You got Pedersen is very similar to, to Patrick Kane. Kane at the time. You got yes. Quinn Hughes is very similar to uh, Duncan Keith. Bo Horvat is looking like uh, uh, Taves, and uh, man, they're just they're just on fire. Quinn Hughes has seven points in his first five career playoff games. He's only the eighth D-man to do that in history. Markstrom's been really solid in goal for them, too. Like, really solid. So, he's also a free agent next year, so he's seen those dollar signs. Yeah, he's also, see? yeah, same thing. Him and uh, my boy. And now, uh, you see that Tarasenko has left the bubble yes. for St. Louis. So, due that, to, that's he needs evaluation blow. on his shoulder. So, he's going to be out at least the rest of the series, probably. Yeah, I think he's actually, I think they're going to have to do a full reval. I think, was there any word on that? We heard I haven't heard any yeah, so. anything today on it. Yeah, that's, that's but you're gonna, not It's going to take at least more them. than one game, and, you know, the le- the next well, game is... going to be able to a, re-enter the bubble, though. Yeah, and the next game's elimination game anyway, so it doesn't matter how fast you're getting back. If it's three days a week, you know, you guys are up on the ropes already. All right, so Daniel, with the uh, reseeding possibilities, what do we have for the West? So, obviously, we have Vancouver, number one, on the top half. Colorado, number two, on the bottom half. So, at this point, like I said, it it could go either way with the Dallas or Calgary game. If you're going to take the teams that are currently leading, if Dallas wins, they're a three seed, which means they would immediately play the Colorado Avalanche. (laughs) So, good luck, stars, with that endeavor. Um, now the funny part is if Calgary wins, they're a six seed. So they immediately go to play, um, Vegas golden Knights. So I feel like their reign of terror will end right there. Um, and then at that point, it'll just be up to St. Louis and Vancouver to figure this out. So, uh, Vancouver is also a fifth seed. So depending on how the Dallas and Calgary series goes, that's going to sway your matchup big time. I mean, I really honestly, like, is the lower-seeded teams, like, is there one that you want to go against any better? Like, I mean, both those teams are pretty much firing on all cylinders. So uh, I think the low the low-seeded teams are definitely in for an uphill battle on this side of the bracket because the one and two did win, and those are the number one and number two options. And there there's like right like no difference between those two in my yeah. in my mind. So it kind of is what it is. So second round matchups for the West. Might not be quite what we wanted as far as those juggernaut matchups, but I will make the point later on, there might be some very nice matchups in the Eastern Conference. Well, I have to say, you know, you say there might not be juggernaut traditional postseason perennial matchups, but the exciting part of the hockey is coming from the West. I think it it would not surprise me to see a young, fast team at Vegas or Vancouver or, or Colorado, Colorado to win the cup. <laughs> I, I I think I'm pulling now for a team from the West, one of those three teams to win the cup, just the way they look. I'm sorry. And I know we talk about the East and they're juggernauts, but I, I love a young, scrappy, hungry team, man. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting it's, hockey. We'll, we'll talk about the second round in the East because this could be some interesting matchups just to satisfy us over till we get to uh, the conference finals anyways. So, Daniel, speaking of the East, our first matchup that we're going to talk about in the East is the currently ongoing series of the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Flyers lead 3-2, and I honestly wasn't expecting. I marked this down for five games, I believe, with the Flyers winning, but I also was not expecting Montreal to blank the Flyers in game two. Well, here's the deal. I I picked five as well, but Carey Price has been an absolute monster. He still has like, I think it's the high, he's like at a 0.94 save percent. He is killing it. He has been absolutely incredible. He's been stealing all the high danger shots. He's been a monster. He's been the team for them. So 
there there's a reason why that it wasn't in five games, and that's because of Carey Price. But I will say this: this has been probably the most fun to watch series, especially the like. Okay, maybe the first couple games, maybe not so much. The one last night, let me tell you, that one was just dripping with drama. Like we had, we had a a, a no call on on a potential penalty, a penalty shot. shot. Then we have a, a a goal like from that power play. Then there's another, literally, that just tied it up. Yeah, twenty two like seconds later. Twenty seconds later, yeah. Canadian score. Their sticks like literally getting just snapped in half on the on like people are so mad. Uh, Gallagher gets checked in the face, and it's a no call because the refs didn't see it. He's bleeding, so he's literally on the bench yelling at all the flyers and the refs, spitting blood out on the ice. It looks like a a murder scene in front of the benches. There's fights everywhere. This is old school hockey. This is fantastic. Like last night, it was funny. That game had everything you want in a series. It was old school hockey right there that was some fun to watch and unfortunately though Gallagher's out with a broken jaw now yeah that so. that was definitely the most exciting game of the series so far like you said it's kind of been a goalie show man I saw Carey Price make about the best save of his life oh, where he dove and and ski ramped it in midair but he was moving his stick upward it like, was, the, it was the, fact that, the fact that he was moving up to tip the puck up uh, that, that was, that that was, was one of the best saves I've ever seen but yeah. Games two, three, and four all had uh, a shutout. So Carey Price the first night, Hart. and then uh, Carter Hart, Hart had back to back shutouts. <laughs> it, it's been team goalies here, man. Hart, his favorite idol is Carey Price, and oh, how yeah. fi- how fitting is it That's that these funny. two are just going off, like literally going off as far as a goalie duel? This, I, I mean, it's amazing. I tell you what, I think I'm scared of the Flyers. We we all favor them, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of offense like I want. I think it's their top stars. That, uh, for the year that are not and haven't been on the score sheet yet in the finals, it seems to me they're lacking on offense. Their power play is garbage right now. The other day they had like three power plays in one game and didn't have a single shot on net. Like, are you kidding me, man? So I'm looking at, you know, Voracek's got seven points. Lawton's got five. But Claude, Claude has got to step it up. I'm sorry. Giroux's like, only got yeah, four. I, like he... That, that's one that's been a disappointment, but also at the same time, I have to attribute some of this to Carey Price sure. because he has been saving a lot of the high danger chances that have been getting generated. So in a way, I'm concerned about Philly, but in another way, I'm not because if Hart's still playing the way he is and then they do get their you know offensive swag back, I, I think they're going to be just fine. But I think this has been an excellent goaltending series right now. So, which I did not really expect coming into this. I, like, I didn't yeah. like. I think if the Canadians do win, it's going to be two people: Carey Price and Shea Weber. Shea's been a he's monster. having a great series, man. Yeah. He's looked vintage, like kind of same way. Price has looked vintage. He's back to those old glory days of, of the way we know him and remember him. And Shea Weber's looked great as well, man. Same thing from him. Yeah, I'm going to say though, Gallagher was a leader last night on the ice basically willed that team into winning and him being out now yeah i I think that's gonna really hurt them and i think that this will finally undo them and the flyers do have two games to finish them off so yeah i I think it's been fun canadians but uh i I think the the fairy tale 24th seed is about to be out but uh kudos to carrie price Price has been absolutely stellar like fantastic and they did say that uh Gallagher is going to have to leave the bubble for surgery, and Niskanen is actually going to have a hearing for the cross check. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I I expect that. I wish the refs would get a hearing though for not calling it on the ice. <laughs> so just just it wasn't even a penalty. Like they didn't even see it. Well, so, you know, you saw the other day. Who was it? Uh, Rod Brindamore made some comments in the post game show uh, about the referees and uh, in the Carolina series and they find him, you know, 15 or grand or whatever it was. And, and the, of course the organization said, we'll front the bill for that. But it's funny. We're seeing it's reminiscent of last year or two. The refs are making some very suspect calls or no calls and mm-hmm. that grants criticism. So when the head coach gets up and criticizes the refs, I think it kind of sucks that the league wants to slap you on the wrist and say, don't do that. Well, don't do something that merits needing criticism over. You know, If you have something bad, expect to be criticized and expect to try to improve on it. Don't uh, find me just because I'm critical and doesn't sound good on national television. It's like embarrassing the league. Well, it is embarrassing. This is the way the coaches and the players feel. This is the National Freaking Hockey League. Yep. 
And going on to the uh, next game in the East, we do have the Lightning, who ended up striking back at the Blue Jackets. Striking back. Oh. Like that pun there. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of alluded to this one. I really liked Columbus. I thought Columbus played them really tight, honestly. Most of the games were very close. They came down to the third period. They went into overtime multiple times. Yeah. Like, it was a very tight series. Despite despite them winning 4-1 to one on the overall series, the scorebook doesn't show, like, how close the games were. But I will say this. That first game was killer. I'm sorry. Like, it emotionally just killed them. Yeah, you know, it has been fairly tight. And you look at my boy, I said this the other day, one of the most appalling things to me in the playoffs so far is my boy Jonas Corposalo. They they Bro. lose, okay? Oh. He has a 9 <laughs> save percentage, and they still lose. How amazing. We talk about how important goaltending is. That's You can't ask for better than that. Even if you remove the 85 saves or whatever he had that one night against in the 5 OT game, he still had a 9 yeah, it's insane. <laughs> like, like, hello. You can't ask for better. Yeah, I mean, he, he did everything. Here's he could. the difference maker. You talk about how tight the games were. Braden Point single handedly oh, scores them. the OT winner in two different two games. games, and that's that's the winner. That's that's the series right there. You're done. He was on point. Lol. It's that's over, man. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, and it's it's surprising too because some of the other people haven't really shown up as much. Like Victor Hedman only has three points. Coleman only has three. So it. it I don't know. It's it's a little surprising that the Lightning did win that series four to one. I think they're going to have a little bit more uh, uh, issues moving forward, as we'll talk about with the potential second round matchups, because this is going to be incredible. Uh, either way, we slice it for the second round on the Eastern Conference. And that will lead us into our last two series. First up is going to be the Capitals versus the Islanders. And me being a Capitals fanboy, unapologetically, pick the Islanders and the Islanders are about to do it. They're going to play tonight, so depending on, you know, this episode is going to come out tomorrow, so this could already be outdated information, but it looks like if the Capitals can't get it together, the Islanders are going to beat them in advance. Yeah, they yeah, won't. I mean, they would have to win three more straight. The <laughs> so, only reason they didn't get swept is, is because freaking Ovechkin, he was, you're not going to sweep Ovechkin. Bro, he was a monster. Yeah. Like, it was like pride on the line. Somebody showed a picture of him where he's wearing that sweat shirt. And he looks real rushed. And he's got a gold chain on. He said, you're not going to sweep this man right here. Those two goals. Oh, yeah. Were lasers, bro. Rockets. I've never seen a snapshot with that much zip on it. Like, it looked like his slap shot, honestly. Like, yeah. that thing was by him. I, 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 I was sitting there. I, I mean, literally, we were watching this game live, Matt and I. And when it happened, we both went, oh, wow. <laughs> like, we were texting each other because... It was an impressive shot. And he had a vintage scream afterwards. Like, yeah. just, I mean, great. like, that is like pure. That's watching hockey history, man. That that's, is, that is. That's a legend on the ice oh right there. Man. Like, and he's not even done. He's not even close to being done. That's the crazy part. He's still scoring 48 goals a year. I know, but he can't carry this team by himself into the playoffs well, all the way through. You know, his one-two punch, freaking Backstrom's out on concussion protocol still. So there's your problem right there. Backstrom's out. So, yeah, that's Co- half your Koozie, team. Koozie has not played as well, and Oshie's been non-existent, really. Um, I, I, that's typical for my opinion. I don't Oshie. know. Like, Oshie's scored three goals, but he is he's in the assist department. I haven't really seen him hanging around. So I think I, the bigger story is that the Islanders get the lead early, and they play that shut-down oh, trap just, defense, it's, it's and it's over. Trots. It's over, baby. That I mean, that's what they've been doing. It's, it's a trots strategy i mean he is their kryptonite he built that team so now he's showing how he can beat a team he built yeah he definitely has the insider i I, barzell's been fantastic oh yeah my boy so uh i i I just think now this is one of the only one of the few differences in our bracket you know it was kind of interesting we redid our brackets the day of because the seating changed and we didn't realize that and one of the few changes was Daniel. You picked Washington over the Isles, and me, me and Kyle both took the Isles in the series. Yeah, and even then, I was kind of iffy on it because I think I even said on the podcast I I didn't even have the Washington Capitals making it past the second round in my bracket yeah. either. So Pretty I, I, I wasn't very yeah the second round exit. It was, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's one of those I, I I just didn't see it this year. Once again, um, they got a they got a steep hill to climb. I, I mean, they got to win the next three. So, do I see that happening? No, I see at least one of those games them getting up and playing trap defense, Islanders, and that's it. Like I, I goodbye. Just, like Ovi's gonna will. He's gonna do his best because in elimination games he's a monster. And by the way, he's one behind your man, 
Who is it? Steve Eisman, baby. Steve Eisman. Yeah, I the watched great. his stats closely. The great. So he he's climbing up that list pretty rapidly. Um, can't believe he's he's that high. I mean, honestly, like give him a couple more games and he'd be top ten yeah. already. He, we'll he, talk he, about him more in the stat show later. He's getting up there with uh, some legends as far as the postseason go. So that's, he's going to surpass them all. He'll be number one. Uh, I don't know about postseason. Uh, he still he still have to double his current number to catch Ovet uh, to catch Gretzky at 122. That's unreal for the postseason. But that said, um, still quite an impressive stat line for Ov and basically the Washington Capitals right now. So you know, so it looks like you know it's not set in stone yet, but it looks like the Capitals are going to fall. Uh, I think the Islanders have looked good. Like you said, they're known for that defense, and I appreciate that. That looks great. I like trots in there, but so it tells me to speaking as far as the Islanders, how they look. Yeah, they've been able to shut down the Washington a little bit, but Washington kind of shuts themselves down. They're missing a couple parts in the tool bag. They're not firing on all cylinders. Back so from being out. Exactly. Just, so yeah, yeah, the Islanders look good a little bit at shutting down offense right now, but give it another round, another opponent, and we might be having a different discussion. I think the next team, whoever it's going to be, can might uh, might be able to overcome that. Uh, I think the Islanders' uh, scoring is in question here. So it happened to work out right right now, but I think they're going to run into some problems next round. Well, you know, that team could be Boston. <sighs> oh, no, let me tell you. Uh, we'll get to the second round. We'll, let's talk about this bottom half here against Carolina. And Matt, I told you last episode that Boston didn't care about the round robin. What happens? <sighs> they get into the series, and they, they show up. And that was my, my, my upstarts, the fast team. And this was another close. I thought that... The stats didn't really show well. I mean, the Canes basically blew one game. Like They got four goals scored on them in like two minutes, it felt like. It was a terrible period. They were basically winning that. They were dominating that game. I felt like they just, I don't know. The, the Canes were a big disappointment for me because I, they could have had a nice route to the conference finals. But they did not. Well, and, and to me, it's not about the Canes. We all kind of saw how poorly the Bruins performed in the playing round. It was kind of like a scrimmage exhibitions for them. And it was kind of obvious. They almost like sandbagged. They kind of went out there and half showed. You know, they didn't really show their full strength. And we were all kind of like, oh, maybe they don't have it together yet. Maybe they're not clicking. Well, nope, we were wrong. It looks like they were sandbagging. They were just kind of playing around. <laughs> like, and here they are, the best freaking team in the East again, as is not surprising because they were the President's Trophy uh, winner this year. So now we're back to to normal form. Brad Marchand is looking like a beast. But look at this. This is what's really killing me. Is Krejci, it has nine points. That, I, do we expect that to continue? I don't think so. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know, but that's pretty impressive. I'm gonna, I'll give them that. Three goals, six assists already? Woo. Let me tell you, Marchand has been so clutch. In the past 300 games or so, he has averaged about 1.3 points per game, and that's on par. Uh, that's more than Crosby's had in his career, yeah. over his whole career, and that's just under, uh, as far as all-time records, under Marcel Dion. And so that's not his full-time. Rask being out, too. Oh, so, yeah, we've got to mention the Rask thing. So Rask leaves the bubble. Uh, what's interesting is kind of the speculation. Well, let's let me just read some of the uh, comments here. Let's, let's quote verbatim. So, post game interview, I forget which game it was. Whatever game one or game two. Uh, Tukaras says, "To be honest with you, it doesn't really feel like playoff hockey out there. There's no fans, so it feels like playing an exhibition game. It just feels dull at times." So, okay, a couple of days go by, two or three days go by, and then he leaves. And everybody's like, oh, he's got a young kid at home. He wants to leave to see his family. So he, his uh, official statement is, quote, I want to be with my teammates competing, but at this moment, there are more things uh, more important than hockey in my life, and that's being with my family. So it seems he's playing the family card, which, sure, we can all understand. But And that's fine. If you have yeah, young yeah, kids at home, yeah. I get it. It's tough. You're away from your family. You're in a bubble and all, whatever. But... That's not the sentiments you you described in post game. Just like two or three days ago, you said you didn't feel like hockey. You weren't. You, it was like an exhibition game. You weren't in shape. It doesn't even feel real to you. So to me, it feels like he has, he doesn't have an attitude to play. He's kind of feeling lackluster. He, he's not feeling the mojo right now. And I understand if it's family, 
but that's not the vibe we were getting three days ago. That tells me he just doesn't want to play hockey right now. I, I think it's a combination of both, honestly, if you think about it, because he already made the comment about the fans not being there. And I mean, obviously, he's from Boston. They're going to have some rowdy fans up there. I, I mean, he's used to a pretty raucous environment. So you think, throw him in there, no fans, no family, too. I, I mean, and he's made comments about both. So I, I, I think it's I think it's a, a healthy balance of both of those factors. It was definitely leaned towards you know, straight up on the, the family. But I, I mean, here, here's the deal. Like at the end of the day, that's his decision. He can make it and he's leaving the bubble and you're not getting back in. So that's it. Like you're going to watch it from the sideline. But what now, you, what's really funny is like, what happens if the Bruins win? Does he get a cup ring? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like that's convenient. I, I think like, they would. Yeah, I but know. It's I'm just, curious it's what just you think about Milbury's comments though, that he made because he's, he's taken a lot of flack for what he said. He said, quote, Nobody simply opt to leave the bubble just because they did not want to be here and they need to be with their family. I would have not done it. The rest of the league's player would have not done it. Yeah. And, you know, we're known, Milbury's known for those big comments, but, you know, I'm on, I'm on that side of the fence too. I think this really doesn't look that good on him. And yeah, he might have a little bit of an excuse, but to me, it looks kind of like a cop out, kind of like he doesn't <laughs> want to play. And he really doesn't have a great reputation in Boston. He kind of known to do stuff like that this before. That was the funny part too, because his. Milbury even said, I know his fan base, like yeah. it's Boston, which I thought was the funniest comment in there. I mean, he's obviously taking flack for the, the family portion, but I thought the funniest part was like, it's Boston. Like these people know, like are cr- crazy about sports. I mean, they literally eat, breathe, drink that this is their town. Like it is a sports town for sure. So him leaving, I guarantee you people did not like it. Even if it was, even if it was 100% for family matters. I guarantee you there's some yeah. people in Boston that you didn't like it. You could have also done that two weeks ago when you knew about this, uh, but you still chose to come here. It's just odd timing. But i tell yes, you what, yeah. let me tell you something about the Boston fan base. They kind of have low-key been wanting Yaroslav Halak to be in that anyway. Let me tell you about Halak. He's His career it. postseason is, he's throwing up a 9-2-3 save percentage in the postseason. So who cares if Rask's gone? You got a, the best one-two punch in that in the league, baby. Yeah, he's, he's been killing it. So honestly, him leaving... And Halleck playing well has honestly helped him with the Boston fan base because they're not mad. Yeah. It would have been different if he left and the com- the, the wheels fell off yeah. and they lost It'd to the It'd be different hurricanes. if you didn't have anybody If they would have lost to the Hurricanes, oh my. The Boston fan base and they would have been riding in the streets. It, it would have been very bad for Rask. I, yeah, Compare anyway. that on the other side of the ice. I saw your boy James Reimer go out on a little adventure to the faceoff dot <laughs> and then get wrecked when he gets a goal because, you know, he went all the way out to the faceoff dot. On It might have been a little breakaway or the puck was skating, uh, was skating above the uh, attacker, but, you know, that's what happens when you go on adventure. You get owned for it. So, Yep. yep. Terrible. And I think at the end of the day, you know, Rask is an adult. He can't make his own decisions and he made his own decisions. And if he feels comfortable with what he did, you know, we can have our opinions in the day. It's what he wants to do. That's, yeah, that's he's, very true. He, he's just got to live with it. That's yeah. why that's my thing. Like, and then you know, he's going to have to live with it. And if, if he, if he's with his family and he's okay with that, good I'll tell for you him. what, it, like, seems, it seems, you know, we're a nice hockey culture. We don't say a lot of bad things about our teammates. We got our, we got each other's back. And it seems the statements from the guys in the locker room have his back in this regard. They, they're not very critical. Maybe one slight comment, but not really. So maybe there's another side of the story that we're just not hearing. Maybe he's thinking this family stuff the whole time and even coming here was, you know, questionable, maybe. Yeah. And maybe that's why the, the teammates knew about that and know, yeah, we support you. That was the right choice for him. I just wouldn't have made my comments about the fan exactly. thing like a day or two yeah, before. That looks that, uh, very that really suspect. Looks bad. Like that just looks bad. Like that's just not smart thinking on his part as far as saying that right before exiting. So that's just my opinion on it. But good for him. Hopefully he gets to watch them hoist a cup from his living room, so. But I will say, uh, one of the good things is, uh, Tory, I saw Tory Crew give one of the best passes in history to Brad Marchand. Oh, balances it was, it off, was the, off the wall. Uh, like, it, was a, it was like calculated. <laughs> yeah. That like was one of the best passes ever. Too. A full ice, full sheet of ice pass. And you're also, you know, Pasternak's been out. Now he just came back for game five. So he's going to be back and rolling. So, man, Boston, man, they're going to be on a tear. It... <sighs> You just go ahead and mark them down. Cross off your brackets. Go ahead and put them in the cup finals from the East. They're going to make it. They're so hot. We'll it see. Hurts. Hold on. Let's it talk hurts. about it. Let's well, talk about those matchups. What does it look like? So Philly being a one seed, <laughs> having just dominated in the, it really throws this off. So they are definitely going to be on the top half of the bracket. Okay. Tampa Bay advanced as a two, which means they're on the bottom. So the one and the two made it out again. 
which means Boston, depending on the Islanders and the Washington Capitals series, which let's just assume the Islanders win as a six seed. That means that Philly plays the Islanders and it will be that's Boston. It's a, a good matchup for them. Boston and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Second round. That's, that's what circle, I'm talking about. Circle that. Oh. That is what... That, see, and this is where you were like, right, you were like right. not too high on this receding. Right. That is going to be a good matchup. Let me tell you. Yeah, but let me tell you, we walked butt backwards into that big matchup. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> but yes, no, I would. I, it would I be great. I agree, but it's going to be a great matchup if the Islanders pull out one win. Now, the funny part is, if that swaps, um, you're, and say the Washington Capitals pull up the miracle and come back, It'll be Washington versus Tampa Bay, still good, and Boston versus Philly, excellent. So either way, that Boston game is going to be Boston-Philly or Boston-Tampa Bay. Yeah, More than likely, Boston-Tampa Bay is the statistical one. I think one. both Philly and the Islanders are, uh, are liking their matchup against each other. That's the easiest route, I think, for them. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. I mean, like, Tampa, like... You you know Tampa sitting back there like oh, really you guys had to tank this for us so now yeah. like it's gonna be us two in like the second round this is like a a Washington Pittsburgh esque kind yeah. of kind of mode going on right here but that will be an incredible series to watch like that will be the one I circle for the second round for sure um, that and then whoever the Canucks play yeah basically because it'll be the Canucks versus the Canucks Knights Canucks Avalanche. That's also going to be fun. Granted, if the Canucks win, I, I'm saying this all in like I, I think the Canucks are going on. So, and we surely can't close the show out first before we do two things. One is Matt's stats that we've not had in a while. Yeah, and the second before we get to it, Matt, is this is a Preds podcast. So we do need to talk about some Preds real quick. Oh, and that is what happens to Kyle Turris. Ooh, okay. So I, I'm sorry. There's so many, <laughs> so many different scenarios with this. So. Afterwards, they had the whole press conference with David Poyle and everything, and they're talking about making the team younger. That was a clear and evident theme in, uh, in the press conference. So Kyle Turris, I know we talked about this a little bit before, making $6 million. It seems like they are trying to shop him and basically trying to replace him with Tomasino, the 19-year-old, to come up and basically step up and take a huge role for him. They also said that Ellie Tovin and and Ram Pitlick and Carrier would all be looked at in this offseason. And Tolvanen, Coach Hines even said he wants to meet with him ahead of time during this break to even go over more stuff with him, to like groom him, because Hines is known for that develop yeah. the developmental part. So I am very excited for Tolvanen. They said basically you could potentially see him paired with Matt Duchesne, who's a passer passing to someone who likes to shoot Tolvanen, who's a goal scorer and who has a really nice wrist shot, which I'm like, ooh, that sounds like a nice combo. And then you can throw in possibly Pitlick making it, Tomasino, the 19-year-old, who's also an incredible, like, man, I, I, I'm actually pretty excited for this year. I know that the early exit wasn't what we wanted, but I think it is going to restructure some of the middle portion of our lineup with Turris and uh, Granlin and Smith basically being unrestricted free agents. That's yeah. going to be a basically like, hey, we want you back, but we need a bargain from you kind of a deal. That's what I think is going to go on because you know what you're getting from Smith. I think 20 goals. I think it's likely those three will be the ones shopped and they three have, you know, a considerable salary between them. And not only your youngsters, but you're also going to see Taylor Hall could possibly look and uh, go somewhere else as well. And that oh. would uh, swapping Kyle Turris out would free up what? Seven or eight mil or something. Six million. Six mil. Uh, yeah, six and, million, and then if you got rid of a Grandlin or Smith, yeah. you're talking enough space to. It's going to be interesting. The, well, the restricted free agents this year too. Kyle even pointed this out to me. I didn't even realize this. A potential suitor would be like a Mike Hoffman from the Panthers, who's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Uh, basically, he's been scoring what thirty goals a year, Kyle. Yep, like the past five six years, well, been hovering around that thirty goal. He's a little goal. older than you want, obviously, but. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's there's options out there, so it's going to be very interesting. David Porrell said he's wanting to see some changes, and changes were pretty obvious that they were coming that they need to happen. Not only the change to the staff, possibly uh, the roster, but also they got rid of Dan Muse as well. So we're uh, we're seeing some more shifting up behind the bench as well. We lost another Dan Dan Ham Muse that's, that's as right. well. So Dan Muse and Dan Ham Muse. Um, defenseman. So I think that's another reason why Carrier is going to be looked at next year because Tenorti's uh, like, I'm sorry, like I don't see why he was on the ice. I is, Send him to the AHL and keep him there. I don't know. He seems to be Heinz's guy, which is unfortunate because I feel like every coach has that one guy that he likes that's just bad. 
you know, like it just is what it is. It's a fact of life. It just is what it is. But I, I feel like he's that one enforcer guy that he wants, but hopefully Tenorti uh, kicks it in gear for next season. But I am very interested. Like I said, the, these three are, are the ones that are going to be your wild cards because basically I feel like Granlin and Smith will be like, they're going to have conversations with them like, hey, we like you. We would like you back. But kind of like, we, we 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 need a break here. You know what Arm, I mean? Like arms length. Cut cut us a deal. Like we can try to figure this out. Kind of a kind of a deal. Like we're not going to overpay for these two, obviously, because we overpaid for Turris. So what's going to happen is they're going to try to shop Turris and then try to get a decent deal for Granlin and Smith to bring them back. And then at that point, it's just sliding in the new talent. You still have Trennan in the works too, who looked incredible. So I, I'm actually very excited for next year because the roster is going to look. Definitely different and more than likely way younger because especially if you're adding Tolvanen, possibly Pitlick, and Tomasino, a 19-year-old, yeah, it's going to be significantly younger. So Matt, what kind of stats you got for us? All right, guys, I guess we'll round up the show here. One interesting stat I found uh, during some research uh, is that during since the inception of this playoff uh, division format in 2014s when it started the way we do the uh, the brackets, uh, out of 106 series, 12 of them have been sweeps, which means that about 11% of the time uh, the team gets sweeped, uh, swept. And that's what we saw certainly with Chicago in the first round. But interestingly enough, 30% of all the playoffs uh, in the last few years have went uh, full seven games. That is very interesting. I, I mostly pick six games. Now, the, um, question, the question I have is how many of those feature Justin Williams? Oh. Game sevens, baby. oh, yeah, we'll see him in, uh, in my stat sheet. So speaking of stats, I got a couple records for you. Uh, Calgary's Tobias Reader is now the first player in history to score his first three playoff goals shorthanded. All three of them shorthanded, baby. Like what that. a boss. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> They're opportunistic. The first one in, the, in, the, in uh, NHL history, baby. And of course, uh, the Ovechkin show. Ovechkin is now sixth in goals when facing elimination, passing Luke Robitaille, uh, but speaking of Justin Williams, he's still shy. Justin Williams leads, I believe, of all active players in elimination facing goals yeah, right now. They yeah. are tenacious. Justin's got a couple couple years of age, a little bit more gray <laughs> upstairs. But let me tell you, those two, they're, they're classics. I, I I mean, and Ovi still has plenty of years to add to that list. So he he's got another game tonight. That's an elimination game. So all the, potentially the rest of the games that he plays the rest of this series with the Islanders, they're all elimination games. So he might add to that total and the other total that he just passed was actually he just passed Sidney Crosby and Gordy Howe on the all-time playoff goals list with 69 a little that's incredible company baby yeah he he's he's obviously creeping up on like major records and I've said this too before like if he's he's still (laughs) this year by the way we had an abbreviated season and he still scored 48 49 goals what was it I mean like seriously like he was on pace for another 50 goal year like who he had like twelve more games to get two goals to to hit fifty. Like he would have hit fifty five again. The man is literally getting better with age. It, it blows my mind how he can still do this. He is but a Russian machine for a reason. Rocking a, rocking a goatee this year too. Oh gosh, yeah. So like, here's the deal: if he averages like thirty, forty goals over the next four or five seasons, he's he's up there with Gretzky. Like, and that blows my mind as far as like most goals all time. Like, I never thought a Gretzky record would come close to being shattered or broken at all, like even close. And he's within range to, to, to do that. Like if he stays healthy and starts doing 34 goals, like it, he's going to do it. Gretzky and, and wants him to break it. It's, it's unreal. And he's doing it nowadays with like the highest level of competition ever. And he's scoring that many goals. He is a beast. He is a machine. He's still doing it from his office. He's still doing it on the snapshot. He just doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. He does not look like he's aged. It's amazing. We'll see if he can put any magic together on another elimination game tonight. Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm ready. And we'll see if I can't win the... Uh, I got to put $5 down as well, so that means we're going to have $10 on the pot this year. Woo, going big, fellas. <laughs> Well, you know, I tried to get I tried to get Matt to put uh, like twenty dollars down, oh, but he's bull. too much of a chicken. Oh, oh crap. my god! <laughs> I could, I cannot I get Kyle it. to put down more than five dollars because he he knows I'm going to take that money from he tried, him. He tried to do it on air too to like goat you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, yeah, I don't see either of you cheapskates putting up twenty. 
Yeah, he, so, he yells at me, but I know he wouldn't do it as bro, well I'll put either. Up 100 right now. I got 100. Let's go, baby. Oh, what would your wife say about that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> She's hearing this in post, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have sure to cut that out. So, but guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next time for the second round. And maybe this time I'll still be beating Matt because if he's beating me, you know you're going to hear about it. And you can find the show on iTunes underneath Music City Gold. And you can find us on Twitter at Music City Gold. Until next time, guys, we'll see you on the ice. You've been listening to Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at Steve Dan Drum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Music City Gold or Penalty Box Radio on iTunes or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.